Today's show is brought to you by India Partners. Find out how to provide safety for young girls by clicking India Partners at lifewithlisawilliams.com. This is life. This is life with Lisa Williams. So it's always fun. Oh, it's so fun to make new friends and find out about people's lives and and hear what God has been showing them and find out about their gifts. So it's very exciting today to have Andrea Rogers with us. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Andrea has a book that has just come out, and it is a novel, and it's based on some of her real-life experiences. And so, Andrea, we just wanted to give you some space today to tell us about your book and also tell us about your story. So uh, where would you like to start? Do you want to start with your book? Sure. Um, yeah, Cage Dove is about a woman who returns to her hometown after staying away for 15 years because she was bullied as a child. Mm-hmm. But a snowstorm causes her to be stranded with her high school crush, so she's forced to finally confront issues from her past. Okay. And this, you know, it was, it was definitely inspired by my own life. Um, I was bullied as a child. Um, the first time that I remember, I was in kindergarten. And there was a boy in my neighborhood who was a couple of years older. And for some reason, he didn't like my friends and me. So whenever he saw us playing outside, he'd come over to chase us with a baseball bat and hit us if he caught us. Did did you ever get hit with a baseball bat? I did, yes. That's crazy. Yes. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. But yeah, after that, I was scared of him and basically avoided him. But then I had another bully when I was in second grade. And that time it was a girl and she was in sixth grade, so quite a bit older. And we went to the same after-school daycare and she was always saying mean, rude comments to me and making fun of me in front of her friends so that they laugh. But one day we were playing on the playground and she pushed me off the slide and I landed on some stairs. And then she proceeded to walk on top of me very hard, kicking me and leaving cuts and bruises. And I remember crying and having a hard time catching my breath as I walked to one of the supervisors to tell her and show her what had happened. And that was really a pivotal moment for me because her response was something like, you know, oh, you need to just brush yourself off and be tough. And my back hurt really bad. I remember the other kids gasping when they saw it. And even at first, the supervisor said, oh, wow. But the parents of the girl who did it were friends with the owner of the daycare. So the supervisor suggested, you know, we not get her into trouble. But it was really the beginning of instilling my own self-talk that if I was bullied, it was my fault. I said to stop for a second. I feel so much emotion. (laughs) I was like, oh, my word. I feel anger and I feel sadness and I feel like this righteous injustice. And I can understand how it all happens. I understand Mm -hmm. the mechanisms in play. And then comes the the reality is you then internalized that you don't matter, really. Exactly. And unfortunately, that was reinforced time and time again for years. You know, I really never had anyone stand up for me or an adult come to my rescue. I think the mentality back then, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s was that if you were a sensitive child, then you needed to learn to handle these things in order to become strong. But in reality, what happens is it makes the child weaker and a child can, you know, fight back, stand up for themselves with words, ignore, offer kindness, do whatever else. But if they are still bullied day after day, year after year, then they can't help but have their spirit broken. And there will be a breaking point. And for me, that happened in junior high. 
um, I had moved to a new town in third grade, and it was actually why my mom didn't say anything to my daycare supervisors after I came home and showed her the bruises after being stepped on. Um, she'd been a single mom since my parents separated when I was two, and we knew we were going to be moving because she was getting married to my stepdad. So I no longer went to daycare after that, but unfortunately, I encountered bullying at my new school as well. Um, at first, everything started off fine, but it was a small town, and so when one of the girls decided she didn't like me, it wasn't hard for the rest of our mutual friends to follow. And everyone seemed to get the message that to be cool meant you had to pick on me. So I had kids of all ages coming up to me to call me names, which was humiliating since I didn't know most of them. And because there were so many, I didn't have a break all day. Um, whether it was a class where no one wanted to be my partner or in PE when I had volleyballs thrown at my head because I didn't have the greatest athletic ability. Oh, my or word. <laughs> yeah. I it's had so a painful. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's, it's worse, too, I think, as it's, it's to see it as from an adult perspective as well. Now that I have kids, yeah. you know, at the time, I really just thought this is the way it is. Like, this is... Life. You know, I, I, yeah, I have to go through this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had a, a band partner that was, um, he was a boy that was sexually inappropriate and harassed me. And I finally ended up praying to God every night that I would die to just please kill me. And when that didn't happen, I became an atheist and was just very angry every day, basically self-destructing into a dark place where I decided to take matters into my own hands and was going to commit suicide. And I wrote a suicide letter, and I don't really want to go into the details other than to say that, thankfully, I'm still here. Um, my parents realized at that point how serious my situation was, and I started counseling. And my therapist got me to see you know, that if I killed myself, I would be giving my bullies all my power, and they would win. And I didn't want that. I wanted to make something of myself in my life. And so in high school, I really turned my life over to God, and those years went amazingly well. Um, my classmates stopped picking on me. I have no other way to explain it other than to give all glory to God, because um, I never would have believed you if you told me in junior high that I was going to find happiness so soon after I was at in the, the lowest school. Of, yes, at the at same, same school. school. That, that, it is miraculous. Left, you yes. know, it was like there was a spiritual barrage, a spiritual yes. attack against your little life. And then mm -hmm. um, thank you, God, for your parents. Thank you, God, yes. for that counselor. Because yes. truly, a little soul, how could you take it all? I mean, it, yeah. I have tears in my eyes. It makes me, it, it makes sense that you would want to end it because how else can you get away from that pain? Yes. But thank God, thank God that you were rescued. It just, yeah, it seemed so permanent in my mind at the time. Mm -hmm. But, um, but then, yeah, I, I, you know, at 12 and 13 and 14, I couldn't imagine how life could ever get better. I had lost all hope. But once I surrounded myself with God, I was just in this great bubble with Him all throughout the rest of high school. You know, I hung Bible verses around my room. I only listened to Christian music. I wore cross necklaces. Um, I was just consumed, and it was the best feeling. And um, I also went out for every activity I could where I gained confidence by excelling. Um, I became captain of the cheerleading squad and was editor of the literary magazine um, in National Honor Society. So um, it, it is really amazing because it was a small town. So, you know, I didn't see different people. They were the same people that, you know, I saw every day from third grade through senior year. It, it, it's hard to understand why people are the way they are or why life is the way that it is. I mm -hmm. tend to have spiritual eyes 
for almost everything, you know, I'm, yes, I just have spiritual yes. eyes for everything. I just can't That's help good. it because, yeah, once you've seen God, you know God, you can't help. And I look at your life and I think what a tragedy it would have been mm-hmm. um, for you to be gone at such a young age when God had so many things planned for you. And yes. it's miraculous, but also human nature, I guess, that they changed because um, there was something about you that intimidated them or there was that rush of the bully high, like we're all attacking the same person. Doesn't this feel mm-hmm. amazing? It's mm-hmm. so dark. Um, yeah. But somehow that transitioned out. And so, yeah. And then what happened to your life after that? I mean, did you carry that? Were you still carrying the wounds or yes. do you feel like you were really healed? No, I mean, it was so, you know, being a writer already, I knew that someday I had to write a book about the subject matter, but mm-hmm. it took me a long time to be able to, because anytime I'd start to think about it, the emotions always came flooding back and it was just easier and more pleasant not to go there. Right. Um, however, every time I would see the news and learn about someone taking their life after being bullied, I'd feel a dig into my soul. Like God was telling me, you know, I'm not doing what I was supposed to be doing as far as sharing my story. That just because I'd gone on with my life didn't mean that other people weren't still going through it. And I owed it to them to be a voice and to do whatever I can to help bring a stop to bullying. Um, I admit I kept it a secret after graduating high school in 1998 and moving away. Um, I went to college at Iowa State University, and I didn't tell anyone. Um, I got my degree in 2002, was married in 2003, became a mother in 2008 and 2011, and I continued to push it aside, not wanting to remember or relive such a dark experience. But then in 2013, I received my first book contract, and so my lifelong dream to become a published novelist had come true, so I felt I had no more excuses. You know, it was time to write the book that I'd, you know, toyed with for years. I even came up with a title and summary in 2009 and had started a couple of chapters, but then put it off. Um, I admit that I hadn't received complete closure and I wanted to make sure I had no unresolved feelings and could write this story with a loving heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't write a book about um, having peace and forgiveness unless I was there 100%. And most of that happened for me in 2004, which was exactly a decade after when I'd been suicidal. Um, My head bully had moved away in 1994, but I had nightmares off and on after that that I was going to run into him and still be bullied. And it was absolutely ridiculous to me at 24 years old. So I prayed to God that I would indeed get a chance to talk to him so that I'd stop having these dreams. And he said, okay, because within weeks, I was visiting a friend for her birthday, and one of her co-workers overheard us talking about where we were from and asked if we knew him because they were good friends. And it was just crazy. Um, I was told he was living out of state, but the friend gave me his phone number, and I worked up the courage to call him. And I never would have imagined he'd be so sincere and apologize for the six years he bullied me, but we spoke for an hour, and it was hugely therapeutic. Um, I, you know, still can't really believe that happened, but it was once again, another God thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. I, I have to tell yeah. you something that maybe you can address and help me with, and I've uh-huh. never really talked about it much, but sometimes, and it's not a popular thought, so I don't mm-hmm. voice it, but mm-hmm. sometimes I feel compassion for the bully, mm-hmm. um, because I yes. feel right. Like mm-hmm. they're. Their heart is so dark and their life is so 
horrid. And yes. And so we often look at the bullied and say, oh, right. you know, I feel so bad for the one who was bullied. But sometimes I take a step back and I go, well, what about that bully? I mean, think about it. Yes. What it's like to be them. And so yes. to hear that this person um, was changed is, mm-hmm. um, it's a wonderful thing to hear that they would have yes. a, did they have like a self-realization that they were horrible? Um, you know, at first he seemed very shocked when I, um, was confronting him. Basically he, it, I think he had blocked a lot of it out. Um, he, you know, there were a lot of things where, you know, I asked him about and he didn't remember and, you know, I wasn't really surprised, but he said, you know, and, you know, at the time I remember, you know, pe- people that did offer some comfort, you know, would say, well, he must have a bad life. You know, you just got to look at it like that. But at, right. at the time, it didn't make me feel any better. It was like, no. well, he has a bad life. Well, so do I now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? because of him. And I want him yes. to go away and I want to yes. never see him again. And I, 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 I'm sure you hated him. I mean, yes, I, I mean, how could you not right. feel hatred towards him? Yes. And then you probably, if you're like me, then you beat yourself up for not being perfect and not yes. being loving. Yes. And it's just this horrible yeah. brain mess. It is. <laughs> it is exactly. And, and it wasn't until I think I, you know, had some space away from him and I grew up and was able to kind of look at it from another perspective. And, and then hearing him tell me, you know, I, you know, I had, things were really bad for me back then. And, you know, he, you know, I didn't pride and, you know, I don't know the details, but he basically, you know, did say that, you know, yes, he had a bad life and mm-hmm. he was not happy. And, um, so it gave me, yeah, it kind of did make me have compassion for him that, you know, here he's now an adult trying to pick up the pieces from his own past. And, you know, we're not really that different then because it's not like he went on and had this great life. I think as a child who's being bullied, you know, all you can see are like, you know, these are the popular kids. This is, you know, everyone just loves these people and they're going to, you know, go off and do great things. And, and then I'm going to be just a nothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, there's just a definite more like equal feeling, I guess, when you get to be an adult. And that was an answer to your prayers. And did your nightmares yeah. stop? They did. They mm-hmm. immediately stopped. I've not had one since with him. Um, wow. and you know, it also, I think the final bit of closure, um, was in, it was a whole nother 10 years later in 2014, I went back to my hometown for the first time since graduation 16 years before. And I'd always loved the library there. And they were so kind to me, inviting me to come back for a book signing, which was really a full circle moment and meant so much because that fantasy of signing books was often what got me through those junior high years. So to have it be my reality, I could not stop thanking God. Um, but being in that town again and seeing my old house and the schools and some of my classmates and just having a really positive experience there, you know, from an adult perspective was the final bit of closure. And that's what allowed me to then write Cage Dove. And that, and that brings us to 2015. Yes. So, oh, I feel so honored. We are so honored to have heard your story and for, for you to um, articulate it in such a way that we can follow along and understand. I feel like I understand and I'm so thankful. I'm filled with gratitude towards God that he was able to bring you through. When you are a spiritually perceptive person, you can see those things. So he was able to bring mm-hmm. you through those steps and to those yeah. different closures. And then you 
you began or you, you continued then in writing this book, which came out this year, Caged mm-hmm. Dove, which I believe that is from a psalm, right? Psalm, something in Psalm 55? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. And, you know, that was kind of neat too, because, um, the title just came to me and I didn't really know why. I mean, I knew that, you know, the dictionary definition of a dove is a pure white bird used as a symbol of innocence, gentleness, tenderness, and peace. But I then Googled scripture about doves and it just fit perfectly for my book. Um, you know, the character in my book, Aniston Klein, wants to run away after her husband divorces her. You know, he's left her as a 33-year-old single mom of a toddler daughter. And the Bible verse starts off, oh, if I had the wings of a dove, I'd fly away and be at rest. And Aniston plans to take a few days away as a little getaway to clear her head and find peace again. Her life, however, becomes intertwined with a teenage girl who is currently being bullied. And the Bible verse is also about trusting your enemies to the Lord. And so for me, it really helped to understand that Jesus was bullied too. And so he was on my side. Hmm. I wasn't alone after all in those moments of being bullied. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. I didn't have other people helping me, but I had God and that outnumbered everyone. So he was my strength and he gave me the most authentic self-esteem and joy. And Aniston relays the same message to the teenage girl, Maddie, in the book. It's so exciting to hear an author unpack all this stuff because that's not my gift. I don't even understand how you do that. Like, how do you do it? Do you, do you hear the stories in your mind? Do you see them like a movie? Do you sit down and your pen just starts writing? I mean, where do the characters come from? (laughs) Yes, I know. It's kind of everywhere. You know, I see it, but a lot, you know, in some things I know exactly what I want to write. And then other times I have no idea what's going to happen on the next page any more than the reader. So it's it's definitely a fun process. I love writing. It's definitely what I feel is, you know, my purpose. <laughs> That's wonderful. It sounds like 100% it is. And I know now I definitely want to read the book. And oh, thank um, you. yes, of course, I'm going to put a link right underneath this show, which is at lifewithlisawilliams.com. Um, the name of the show is Cage Dove. And right below, there's a link where you can purchase this book um, from Andrea Rogers. And um, after I've read it, would you be my guest again? And we can maybe unpack sure. some more of these ideas. Because the bottom line is that God has given you this particular journey mm-hmm. and you have surrendered it to him. You've, you've mm-hmm. um, obviously surrendered that to him. So he will take your story and he will do that thing that you hope, which is help people who feel like they can't go on, they can't take it, um, that they're trapped. And so um, by getting your story out this way and in other ways, um, hopefully someone who's listening will read the book um, and also share it with someone who you know is in that situation, who desperately needs the message that Andrea has. So the purpose of this show is um, uh, for stories to get out, Mm -hmm. um, to give a platform to the millions of stories that our God is writing day after day, um, moment by moment, decade by decade, family by family. Wonderful. Um, He is so real. And so I'm very uh, grateful that you very graciously shared your story with us. And I hope that someone will come and find out more about Andrea at lifewithlisawilliams.com. Hashtag thanks for listening.